Hello and welcome to Business Unmuted, a business discussion live on LinkedIn and shared on platforms including YouTube, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Business Unmuted is sponsored by Virtue BMW, which is part of Gateshead-based Virtue Motors PLC. If you're in the market for a new used or fleet vehicle, its dealerships are in Stockton, Durham, Sunderland, Moulton or York. Well, we've had Black Friday and Cyber Monday and now we're in the Christmas gift buying season, so the idea might should sending a shudder down your spine if you don't like Christmas shopping. On the other hand, it might just be some fun. But this weekend, it's Small Business Saturday, a day to support the local, small and independent businesses in your area. It's the UK's ninth year of Small Business Saturdays. Last year, 1.1 billion was spent with small businesses on that day, so not something to be sniffed at. In the studio, we've got Rowena Wallace, who leads business development at Wharton Construction, a family construction firm. Down the line, we've got Stephen Patterson, chief executive of NE1, the business improvement district for central Newcastle, and also Gareth Smith, the founder and CEO of business brokerage Hilton Smythe. Stephen, it was pouring with rain in uh, Stockton, but rain doesn't put shoppers off in Newcastle, does it, Stephen? They defy Certainly it. Not. They bring, bring it on, they say. We're ready to shop. <laughs> no, we're a hardy bunch in the northeast, aren't we, Graham? We certainly are. Tell me then, uh, we've got these new COVID rules where masks have to be worn in shops. Have you noticed any difference in the first few days of these rules when it comes to shopping uptake? It's had no negligible, uh, no tangible impact on footfall whatsoever, Graham. I think we're all we're all used to doing these things. It's, it's second nature previously, and I think people are just adapting to them. Um, I think the, the greater fears in the city centre, to be perfectly honest, are more about uh, sort of a future lockdown, but it looks highly unlikely, and we, we hope that remains to be the case. But yes, the I, city centre is going well. And social distancing returning would be pretty bad as well. They, they haven't brought that back, have they? That, that, that means that pubs can operate re- relatively normally. It, it does. It does. And to be perfectly honest, the city centre is operating normally. We're actually booking the national average for footfall by about 30%, which is significant. So we're up 20% on 2019 pre-COVID, which is remarkable. Um, and the national average is minus 12%. So the city centre is doing really well at the minute. Uh, and we just hope it continues. We'll come into more detail on that in a few minutes. Rowena, what did you think of the announcement uh, on uh, COVID and the new Omicron uh, variant and masks having to be worn? Do you think that the government got the balance right or is it something that could damage the economy? Um, I think we have to just follow what the, the scientists say, what the rules say, and if you like wearing a mask, then you know you don't like wearing a mask, just put it on. It just saves the hassle. It saves us all going back into some form of lockdown. It saves Christmas, and mm. obviously the Christmas spirit hasn't been about for um, a good couple of years. So you know it's it's something that yes, as um, Stephen has said, we, we've all got used to it. We've got to put them back on. Just put them back on and smile. <laughs> Will you go to a Christmas party for your business? We are having a Christmas party, um, and it's and it's a really nice sense of uh, getting everybody back together again, mm. and um, you know, being in an environment where where we feel we can we can do that. And 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 I obviously note as well that the encouragement from the government is to continue having the Christmas yeah. parties, and I think the sense of um, being able to do that is probably aided by. There's the vast majority of us have been double vaccinated. There's boosters, mm. you know, in the in the. Um, background so you know hopefully it's going to be safe to continue to do that 
And testing. At our office, we use testing still. Mm. Uh, you've, you've been tested, you've come into our studio, you've yeah. been tested. I know you're clear, Everything. Mm. everyone's happy in that. What about you, uh, Gareth? Uh, will you be having a, a Christmas party at Hilton Smythe? Yeah, so we've still got plans to have our Christmas party. Uh, obviously, we didn't. Well, we had a Zoom party last year, which was fun, but not quite the same. Um, and I think it's important that that people still do have Christmas parties, and we don't yet know enough about this uh, this Omicron um, variant. And until we do, I think it's it's way too early to be cancelling, uh, yeah. putting money into the economy. So. The abundance of caution approach that we had last Christmas is being replaced by a sort of knowledgeable and cautious approach without wanting to sacrifice the good things in life. Um, Stephen, let's talk about the city centre of Newcastle and move on from COVID. Um, you've had a remarkable announcement last week. For people who are watching this video outside of Newcastle, tell them what, what, what was announced. Um, we're delighted, a uh, huge vote of confidence in the city centre. Uh, we're delighted that HMRC are relocating to the city centre, bringing 10,000 jobs, uh, I think 6,500 in the region of that on site at any one point in time. We've got 75,000 office workers in the city centre, so that, that decision on its own is in the region of 10% of the total uh, office sector in the city. So it's a significant decision for HM, uh, HMRC and one that is a huge vote of confidence, I think, for the city in what we're doing. Now, of course, a lot of these are not necessarily new jobs, whereas some of the other government announcements on officials coming out of London were new, but they have been put in one place in a new building in the city. And from your point of view, it, it presumably will have some kind of agglomeration effect on the rest of the city. It certainly will do. And I think locating office workers in city centres is more sustainable for public transport links and things like that. It'll create the city's largest office uh, uh, right in the heart of the city centre. And that spend will, in its very uh, self, actually migrate to the surrounding shops and um, you know, hospitality venues. So I think it's really important for the city centre and really positive. So it is a sort of levelling up in action. We've seen it elsewhere in the northeast. Uh, Gareth, you're based in the northwest, but you uh, you're active in the northeast and in Yorkshire. Um, what is your view on uh, initiatives like this, and how is it affecting the kind of work you do, buying and selling small businesses? Yeah, I think anything that that drags you know thousands of people into a into a centre or a locality is is invariably going to benefit the local economy, um, and I think. You know, I'm sure uh, we had a brief discussion before we went live about how the, you know, you know 9,000 uh, people will spend the money in the centre. So ultimately that just drives better businesses, uh, more income, more profit and helps us sell them, uh, to be honest. Are you having a, a good stock of businesses to sell or is there a, a, a shortage? Um, I think certainly coming out of the uh, the, the pandemic, or well, we're not out of the pandemic, but certainly out of the lockdowns, it was very difficult. And I think people were perhaps reluctant to sell. Um, and actually what, what happened is we had more buyer inquiries, 2.6 times more inquiries, in fact, than pre-COVID. So um, the actual number of people wanting to buy business, you know, increased in comparison to the register size that we had at, at that time so yeah it, it's it's tough we are winning new instructions and more and more are coming to market but i think there's still a lack of confidence that actually a, a business will sell in the current climate 
and what is your view on whether businesses are selling? Tell, tell us what the market is for maybe the small investor that wants to buy a pub or, or a, a, a retail outfit. What kind of things are, are going? What kind, of, what kind of appetite is there from investors? Yeah, I mean, appetite's um, the, the highest I've seen in a long time. Um, if you were to scale it against our sort of stock, if you like, we're, we're 188% up on, on sale agreed, um, you know, sort of 200 um, agreed deals in the first three quarters of the year. So um, all in all, not bad at all. Um, in terms of stock with selling, to be honest, it's, it's a good, varied, uh, you know, different types of businesses. High Street, obviously, it tends to be food and drink, as has always been the case, really. Retail does struggle, um, unless it's news agents, convenience stores, sort of local convenience, um, right through to manufacturing, recruitment, uh, particularly those that are serving sectors such as, um, you know, food and, and um, transport. So it's, um, it's a, a mixed bag. Okay. Rowena, tell us about the construction. I, I keep hearing mm. bad things about mm. construction, not the actual work that has been done, but the shortage of skilled labour and materials. Are you able to overcome it as a smaller mm. family firm? Um, no, we were still hampered by um, uh, delivery issues. Um, they have taken toll its toll on um, when we're able to start um, projects. Um, the flip side is, um, as Stephen was saying, that there, and, and it has been mentioned on, on this show before, there is a lot of investment in the Northeast. There's particularly a lot of investment going on in Darlington with the Chancellor moving here and the, the works of the Tees Combined Authority and Tees Works. So we have been fortunate enough to um, proactively look at some of those areas that have had that investment, um, which on the positive side has been great for Whartons from a from a, a pipeline perspective. Um, but it does mean that when we when we are getting the opportunity to to um, to win some tenders that we're having to wait because the the supply of um, materials are just not there, maybe even in some cases for up to six months. Goodness. So it does have an impact. I mean, you are, uh, the levelling up agenda in your patches seem to work because you seem to be winning things like uh, public sector rebuilding the market hall in Darlington or schools, things like that. Yeah. So you, it is filtering down, which is yeah. a good thing. Uh, yeah. I suppose I know that there is some public policy in some areas now that whereas the public tenders were robust, it was based on price and it was based on quality. Now you can keep those things but add locations so you can actually help local firms. Are you seeing mm -hmm. that actually ha yeah. happen? Yeah, I think in particular um, uh, social value has become massive and yeah. um, it's, a, it's a big uh, factor in it and a lot of things around social value are creeping into uh, procurement portals, tenders, um, and it's all about um, ensuring that the economy is kept local and that you're employing people locally, you're uh, keeping the money within the uh, investment pot within that region and trying to employ as many people as possible, whether that be people that we subcontract to or whether that be helping the, the economy by maybe bringing on some apprentices, which, which we do on, a, on a, a regular basis as well. Well, I mentioned at the top of this discussion that it is Small Business Saturday coming up. Um, so let's start, start with Stephen on this question of Small Business Saturday. Um, you, a lot of your members who in, in uh, the, the Newcastle Business Improvement District are smaller businesses. Um, are they encouraged? Are you encouraging them to make the most of this initiative and fire up their service to, to customers? 
Yeah, they're they're tremendously engaged. I think that's a fantastic thing with uh, smaller businesses. They tend to be independent, so they tend to be more fleet of foot and responsive to their customers, and they definitely get on board with things like this. Uh, It's a good buzz in the city centre, and I think we need to do more to celebrate our independence. It's what makes places unique, I think. What about the big issues that small businesses face? Late payment is one. We've got some data we'll flash on the screen now. Uh, For 70% of small businesses, late payments is still a recurring issue, with some 40% worrying about their cash flow. Uh, Gareth, it's not really my business uh, to pry into your accounts, but do you find that late payments are cropping up for you? And same to Rowena. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not not for for our business. Um, I guess we're we're quite transactional in that we we do something, we get paid for it. So it's it's relatively easy to get paid. Um, I think we we did a piece on this perhaps a couple of years ago, actually, with the um, small business commissioner on on late payments, and um, you know, questioning really, I guess, whether it's down to businesses' own um, sort of processes for chasing late payments and whether they could be improved. Uh, Rowena, what's your view? Construction is notorious for having people pay late, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we we have we have it on both sides. Um, we, we still suffer from that, definitely. Um, a late payment um, situation. Um, as a as a principal contractor, we have to be um, um, very mindful of who our subcontractors are, and we have to pay them. You know that they have to come first. So sometimes we are funding that project by paying for them. Um, um, it's not always the case, um, it, it does still happen, but the contract makes a big difference as well. So depending on the terms of the mm. contract, that can um, help and aid and speed off the, the payment situation. And I run a small business as well, and our late payments are about what they were before the pandemic now. So they've come right down, payments are much better, mm. but all small businesses grumble about late payments. It's just one of those things. Um, right, okay, let, let's move on uh, to other matters. Um, the Bank of England is, uh, I, I know a business in the Northeast who sat down with the agent of the Bank of England uh, because that, that business was being picked on to research and the research is then being fed back to the Bank of England for next week's Monetary Policy Committee. And the person that was asked the questions was asked the following questions. I'm going to ask you, and I'll answer them as well myself. Bank, Bank of England, the first question is, have you put your prices up in the last six months? Rowena? Gareth? Um, we ha- Sorry, we haven't directly put them up, but the supply chain costs have gone up. Oh, by we'll come back to that in a minute. Percent. That was the next question. Okay. So you haven't put your prices up notionally. We've maybe tweaked our prices up or reordered mm-hmm. how we price things, and we certainly don't discount. Uh, Gareth, what about you on prices? Yeah, no, we've not necessarily increased our prices, but but similar really to Rowena. You know, it, we we've seen increases in in supplier costs. Okay. The next um, the next question, the Bank of England man, I'm interrupting for a reason. Was have has your wage bill gone up in six months, Rowena? Oh, I think it's going to go up, though. Yeah, 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 yeah it has. <laughs> Gareth? Uh, it, again, it's going to, we're a living wage employer, so we're yeah. already paying above. But um, it's mine definitely have gone up as well. I, I would have answered I had 10% in six months because mm. we've got more staff, not just the wage bill. It wasn't about wages per se, it was the mm-hmm. wage bill. Okay. What about you, Stephen? Has your wage bill gone up in the last six months? No, not yet. Uh, I think, like many on the call, concerns about the future. Our appraisals are in March, so I I suppose that's the time we'll be considering it. And the last question that the gentleman was asked was, tell us about your supply costs and then break it down. So what I I, Mm. I would answer that our supply costs have gone up in lots of things. Energy, 
Mm -hmm. uh, motor vehicles, renting vehicles, was uh, was two uh, particular points. And the other thing, professional services, our accountants fees have gone up, for example. Mm -hmm. what, what about you? Where do you see, you've got obviously raw materials. Yeah, ours are predominantly on, on that side and, and they've gone up by at least 10%. Um, and that's across the board. So, you know, we use, whether it be importing steel or whether it be costs from, you know, electric, uh, electric, sorry, electricity, yeah. um, subcontractors, plumbers, all the costs related to the industry have gone up. And Gareth, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's mostly for us, it's advertising disbursements and, um, you know, that type of thing. Obviously, we're heavily, you know, it's a service base, so it's it's mostly salaries. But, um, but yeah, our, our main supplies have gone up marginally. And of course, energy has. Okay, uh, Stephen, I didn't ask you about costs because you're funded by a formula based on rates. But what about your costs? Uh, marginally, yeah. Marginally. Electricity, like everybody. Um, a few things that uh, have been to do when we've been importing things into the country because of delays and things like mm. that, that has uh, led to raised costs. But that's, that's, that's fairly few and far between, to be perfectly honest, Graham. Now, on the basis of what the Bank of England guy was asking this business person, um, it was beginning to look, according to the business person, that the Bank of England needed to tackle inflation, and it was a serious issue. Do you think, and I'll ask you each, the Bank of England should put interest rates up the month before Christmas? What do you think? So my gut instinct tells me, oh, no, because it's the wrong time to do it. Yeah, my gut instinct says no, but should. Sometimes <laughs> you have to do the right thing, even though, even though it's unpopular. Uh, what do you think? Is there ever a good time? It's never a good time. <laughs> yeah. Businesses always say this. But would you prefer the interest rates to go up and to have a little bit of cooling off of the economy or to pay massive inflationary uh, extra costs in the middle of April, May, June next year? I, th I think that the pressures on the Bank of England have been in, in place for a, a bit of time now, really. And, and there's an argument to say, have they left it too late? Mm. Uh, Stephen, do you have an opinion on this? I do. I would say certainly not before Christmas. <laughs> uh, what will happen will happen. It's just better it happens after Christmas, Graham. I suppose. And do you think that the, uh, I suppose the other thing is taking the heat out of the economy might be being done by the COVID legislation as well? It may well do. Uh, may well do. Fingers crossed it won't, though, Graham. Okay, well, look, we're just about out of time. It sounds like everyone is relatively confident. Great news from Newcastle. You've got people queuing up to buy, buy businesses, Gareth. You just want more businesses to sell. Contact Hilton Smythe if you want to sell your small business. And you have got absolutely loads of construction projects on. So we end the year for all my three guests pretty much on a high. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's a good point to leave it. Thank you for joining us on Business Unmuted. We'll be back at the same time next week.